Cornerstone Church of Dothan, Alabama is built on the unchanging Word of God. We believe the life-altering message of Jesus Christ is still the only power on earth of changing a human heart. Now, let's join today's message. Joshua chapter 1. Last week I started a new series entitled Full Speed Ahead. Full Speed Ahead. And uh, I want to review a little bit what we talked about last week, and then we'll go forward with it this morning. But uh, let, me just, let me just tell you how this came about. Just in, in prayer and really, you know, asking the Lord to, to, to give me what He wants for Cornerstone Church. You know, there's, I have been ministering now. This is our 24th year of ministry. And as you can imagine, in 24 years, uh, I have, uh, I have a, a decent selection of sermons. Just a few, you know. And, uh, and I'm thankful for all the messages the Lord has given to me and grateful for every, uh, you know, every word that God gives to share with you guys week in and week out. But I really sensed in my heart that the Lord wanted me to share along these lines of full speed ahead and to realize for us as a, as a church, even, even more specifically as, as families, as individuals, that this is not the time at all in any way, shape, form, fashion. This is not the time to draw back from serving God. This is not the time to let anything at all hinder. And we know the, the scripture says that the enemy is a hinderer. He is a deceiver. Amen. He, you know, he tries to divide. And there's so many things that we see from the scripture that tells us, you know, the, the devil. And, you know, Jesus even said this about him. The, the devil came to steal, kill, and what? To destroy. But he tells us why he came. And he said, I have come that you what? That you might have life and have it have life more abundantly or to its fullest that's why he came anything that's robbing stealing killing in our lives is from the enemy it's not from God but Jesus came to give us life more abundantly super abundant above what we could ever possibly ask or think but now we realize this you know from just life and just things that we've experienced in our own life that this doesn't just happen does it there's things that we need to know. There's things that the Scripture teaches us in the way of, of how to live an overcoming life. A part of the vision that God gave to us at Cornerstone Church is a three-part vision. Number one, He said, I want you to introduce people to the love and power of God. Anybody thankful for the love of God this morning? I know we are. But anybody also very thankful for the power of God this morning? The power, the Bible says that this power that comes from God's not from us. This ability that, that God has for us to tap into, but also this power and ability that God has given to us to work in our lives. And so we want people to know the love and power of God. Number two, we want to help people grow in their walk with God, how to live an overcoming life. And then number three is this, is to be involved with world missions, support world missions, send people on trips, financially support people who are involved in going all over the world and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. But the second part of that vision is, is to teach, teach us uh, or teach people how to live overcoming lives. People say, well, don't you just automatically live an overcoming life when you become a Christian? And I don't know about you, but for the first several years of my life, I was saved but defeated. But thank God, thank God that changed. And it didn't change God. It didn't change because, because all of a sudden I got so smart. It didn't change because all of a sudden I started gaining some, some natural head knowledge, nothing wrong with head knowledge whatsoever. But I tell you what brought about change in my life, and I'm sure many of you could testify to the very same thing. What started changing your life was you got a hold of some truth. Amen, Amen didn't you? You got a hold of truth. 
You know, Jesus said, well, if you'll continue in my word and you'll be my disciples and you will what? Know the truth and the truth will do what? The truth will set you free. It'll make you free. And I like this. The truth will keep you free as well. And so we begin to learn and begin to grow in these things that, that God's done for us in Christ. We do them ourselves. We, God did them for us in Christ. And that's the way God sees us. He sees us in Christ. He doesn't see us as that, that person that was, that was lost and undone and, 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 and on his or her way to hell. God now sees us in Christ. And I'm going to tell you what, we all look a whole lot better in Christ than we do outside of Christ. In Christ, we're brand new creations. Old things have, have passed away, and now everything is new in our life. Aren't you thankful for that today? And I know we could, I'm sure many of us, maybe even all of us, could, could give testimony to the fact about how things have changed in our life and how that, you know, we are so thankful for what the Lord's done in our life, and we are. I am real thankful, and I know you are as well too, for what God has done in, in, in all of our lives. But I believe this without any shadow of doubt whatsoever, that the best is still yet to come. It's, it's not a time, you know, to sit back and go, yeah, this is all good. Or even when we get ready to make the transition, you know, to our, to our new worship center, and that's going to be wonderful and good. But that's not the time to slow down and go, ha, oh, you know. We, we may take a day or two where we can just breathe. But then we realize there's a purpose. There's a purpose. And so the Lord gave me this, this, uh, this, this message titled, Full Speed Ahead. And, and what we're to be doing in these last days is not sitting back and, you know, kind of resting on what's been done. And thank God, and we are always very careful, you know, individually and, and corporately as a church to thank God for what He's done for us. I mean, really, we could come to church and, you know, we wouldn't do this, but we could really come to church every Sunday and spend the whole time just thanking God for what He's done. You know, because He didn't do anything else for us as long as we were down here on this earth, we would have reason to praise Him. Amen. Thank Him for life and for eternal life and for victory and, and for the, the promises of His Word that He's watching over right now, my friend, to perform and to see that it comes to pass in every person's life here today. Aren't you glad to know this morning that God's no respecter of persons? That God loves every single one of us in an unconditional way, in an unending way. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't, you know, we, we don't earn His love. We, he loves us for who we are. But aren't you glad? And this is the reason that I, I, I just shout continually is he, he, he loves us the way we are, but His love won't keep us the same way that we are. His love brings about change and transformation in our life. The grace of God teaches us some things of how to live overcoming life. And so we, we see that in this time that we're living in so close to the coming of the Lord. And I know some scoff and some say, oh yeah, you know, you preachers have been saying that now for years and years and years. Well, we're a whole lot closer right now than we were years and years ago. And we know this, that, that he's not slack concerning his promises, his son man count slackness. And the reason he's delaying is because he wants people to be born again. He wants people to come to know who he is. Not some idea of what religion has portrayed him as being, but who he really is. Glory to God. It's all about him when it's all said and done. And so this is a time for us to, to move full speed ahead. You know, um, uh, you, you may recognize that phrase, full speed ahead. But back during the Civil War, there was a, an admiral in the Union Army whose name was David Farragut. And uh, he was the one that, that many people attribute this phrase to. Now, the first part of the phrase, I'm not going to say in church. 
Okay? And some, it, you know, we'll paraphrase it. It's kind of like this. Don't worry about the torpedoes. Okay? Y'all know where I'm coming from now. So that's, don't worry about the torpedoes. But then his next part of that phrase was what? Full speed ahead. And he won a great victory that day. And so what we're looking at in this series is, is moving full speed ahead and why it's important for us in these last days to do that. Now, in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, we're going to take just a moment to review just a few things this morning. And then I want to share a few things with you that the Lord's put on my heart. But in Joshua, chapter 1, beginning with, with verse 1, and we'll read down through verse 3, and then we'll pick up reading verses 7 through 9. It says this in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, verse 2, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, and these, these next two words, when I read this, it boy, just went off in me. These next two words say what? Arise and do what? And go. Everybody say, arise and go. Arise and go. And so he said, he said, I want you now, to, I want you to stand up and I want you to go. Now you've got to keep in mind, now keep this in mind, that Joshua had been with these people now a long time. And Joshua had seen their, their reaction, you know, when, when he was there, when they, you know, when they got to the promised land and God spoke to him and said, this land is yours. It's your land to take. It's yours. I've, I've given it to you. The spies went in the land and, and you guys know the story. You know, Ten came back with an evil report. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, yeah, there's, there's giants there and yeah, there's some things, that, but God's with us. God's with us. He's, going, he, he's with us. He's working for us. And it doesn't matter who's against us. God's for us. But yet, the people believed the evil report, and they didn't go into the promised land. And so he had seen how stiff-necked these people could be. He had, he had seen their, their response to some things that God had spoken to them. And so now he's here at this place, and Moses is dead. Moses is no longer here. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. He said, now I want you to rise up. And something I believe is so important that, that we need to understand in our life as believers, and, and I believe the Spirit of God speaks this to us quite continually, and that is this. He tells us on the inside to arise. Something's got to go off on the inside of you. You know, it, it's not just, you know, rising up on the outside, naturally speaking, but something's got something's to be birthed within you. That says, you know, I'm not going to just sit here and stew. I'm not going to sit here and wish things could be better. I'm not just going to sit here and go, well, why do they get ahead and I don't? It seems like nothing ever works out for me. Why do I always get the short end of the stick? I mean, the things can go on and on and on, can't they? But something's got to happen. Something's got to go off on the inside of all of us. It says rise up on the inside. Rise up for, for what God wants you to do. Rise up in the name of Jesus in that new creation reality. Rise up and, and don't let the world define you. Don't let your past mistakes define you. Because I'm telling you what right now, folks, my future, our future should not determine where we're going at all. Our future is not telling me where I'm going. My future is my future, good, bad, or indifferent. But aren't you thankful? The Word of God says, listen, I want you to keep pressing ahead. And that's what Paul said. I want you to keep pressing ahead. And we'll look at that later on. But he said, I want you to rise. Then the next thing he said, I want you to go. Go over this Jordan. 
You and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of, uh, to the children of Israel. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all that the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall do what? Meditate in it how often? Day and night. Listen to us. It says that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous. And what then you'll have? Good success. I like that, don't you? Make your way prosperous. We like that part. We like the good success part, don't we? But what does it say we're to do before we are to experience it? We're to meditate, think about, mutter that word how often? Day and night. And the purpose of muttering and meditating is what? That you may observe to do. Not just to look, not just to read, not just to think, well, that sure sounds good. But you, you meditate on it so you can do it. Be a doer of the word and not what a hear only. So he said, think about it. Then you'll make your way prosperous. You'll have good success. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Now, I love this last, uh, this, this last part of the scripture. For the Lord your God is with you. And one of those next few words, wherever you go. Let me ask you a question this morning, guys. Do you really believe in your heart that God's with you wherever you go? It doesn't matter where you find yourself. It doesn't matter how difficult the situation may be. I mean, you may, you know, and I'm sure all of us have felt like that at one time. I know I have. I felt like every demon in Houston County has jumped on me, left your house, and they've come to my house. But you know what? It doesn't matter if that did happen. Of course, it's not. But you know what? It doesn't matter because wherever I go, God's with me. And the thing that helps us is in this Christian walk is our awareness of who we have on the inside of us. You can say it like this, a God consciousness. What am I conscious of? Some people are people conscious. They're more aware of what people think. Some people, and I've been there before, maybe this is one of the, and I know it is one of the things that God has, has had to help me with, and thank God he has, is to be self-conscious. You, know, you can be self-conscious, can't you? Maybe aware of your weaknesses and looking at maybe things that you, you know, deem not to be as strong perhaps as you'd like for them to be in your life. But you know what? Being people conscious won't help you. Being self-conscious won't help you. But you know what will help you? Being God conscious. I'm aware. I, and, I, and I'm learning more. I haven't learned all there is, but I'm aware that the one on the inside of me is really greater than anything I'll ever face in life. So he said, wherever, wherever you go, he said, I am going to be with you. And so thank God for that promise. Now, in a few chapters over, look to Joshua chapter 3 for just a moment. You know, one of the things, that, and I want to say this, I said this last week, but I want to say it again as just a way of a quick review. You know, uh, when we decide we're going to go full speed ahead, when we're going to rise and, and we're going to go and we're going to, to do what we believe God is leading us to do. You know, the challenge sometimes to moving forward, you know, is, is the comfort zone, isn't it? It's comfortable here. I like it. I know if I'm familiar with everything. I, I know where things are. I know how things work. But, you know, I believe a lot of times before we'll really see the things that God really wants to do in our life, we have to be willing to 
Do what? Step out of the boat. We got to be willing to step out of comfort zones. Step out of what's familiar. And so when we're moving full speed ahead, guys, listen, full speed ahead, we have to go, I'm not going to be, you know, concerned that I've never done this before. You know, because later on we'll read this. He said in, in Joshua chapter 3, I think it's verse 5, he said, you're getting ready to go somewhere where you've never been before. And I believe we're all getting ready to go somewhere we've never been before. Anybody excited about that? I mean, I really am. For my family, for my family, for the Marks family, I believe we're going to go somewhere we've never been before as a family. But you know what? I also believe and thank God for the same thing for you and your family. I believe God has things for all of us, things that we're going to see happen in our life that we've never seen happen before. And when it's all said and done, we'll go, God, how good you are. How good your grace is. How good the blood of Jesus cleansing us and making us new creations and that continually cleanses us, causes us to be able to move forward in the name of Jesus. And so to move full speed ahead, number one, we, we can't be concerned. Well, we've never done it like this before. But you know another reason that will cause people not to go forward is because they've stepped out and not been as successful as they thought they should have been. Or you could say it like this, maybe in their eyes they failed. It did not work out like we thought it was going to work out. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but has anybody ever had that happen to you before? All of us, I'm sure, have taken that step of faith. All of us have felt God in our heart to do something, and we took that step, and it didn't work out like we quite wanted it to. I know I have. But, you know, what, what do we do then? Do we blame God? Do we point our finger and say, God, you're not fair? Why has this happened to me? I, I never can get a break. We go, mm -mm, no, what is it? It's not so much why. The question is not so much why. The question now is what? What am I going to do? What decisions will I make? that keep me moving forward, that keep me saying, God, you know, I didn't understand it. Has anything ever happened in your life you didn't understand? Join the crowd. But if we focus on the, the whys of why didn't it work, and there's times where God will show us things. There's times where the Lord has actually shown me some things in prayer, some things I had questions about that uh, the Lord helped me see some things about it. But you know what? There's also been some things where I don't understand. So what am I going to do there? Am I going to just kind of sit here? Take the path of least resistance? Not going to step out anymore in faith? Am I going to just settle? Or am I going to be, no, no. God didn't make me to be a, God didn't make me to be a settler. God made me to be a pioneer. Amen. I heard Mark Hankin say this many, many, I've heard him say it on different, different occasions. And I don't know if it was his dad that preached this message or if it was someone else. He said, that, I heard a message many years ago, and the title of the message was this, uh, Pioneers, Settlers, or Museum Keepers? Come on now, that'll preach right there, guys. You're your pioneer? What do pioneers do? And they just forge ahead, don't they? Yeah, I love, I've read many, many stories, I'm sure you have as well too, of those early pioneers and what they did and, and the, the, the heart. We think we have a bad day when we don't have air conditioning for one hour. Oh, oh my, oh, what am I going to do? I mean, my goodness, what did... And you hear the hardships and the things that they press through. And I mean, it just, I don't, it just motivates me. Sometimes I go, quit being a whiny baby. Quit being a whiny baby. 
Let's just move forward. So the, the, the pioneers move, and then the settlers, they just kind of settled down, and then they just, they, that's where they stayed. Then you have the museum keepers. And what do they do? They point to the past. I love going to museums. Don't, I mean, anybody say, yeah, I like going, I love going to, I love history, I love going to museums. Some, some people go, oh, I don't want to go, that's fine. Don't go. <laughs> but I like museums. I, I love to go and see. But you know what? Museums point you back. I'm going to tell you what, God says, no, don't, don't, no, don't, don't, be a, don't, be a, don't be a settler, and don't be a museum keeper. What? Be a pioneer. When? Just some of my life. No, all of your life. Be a person that by faith just continually says, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm thankful where I am right now. Anybody thankful where God's brought you to right now? Can I just see a hand? Just wave your hand, do, move your foot, do something. Anybody thankful where you are right now? But you know what? I'm thankful for it. I know you are too. But I, I know where I am right now is not where I'm going to stay. I'm content. I'm thankful. But I'm not staying where I am. And I believe neither will you. But you've got to go, I'm moving full speed ahead. I, I'm going I'm to let God take me someplace. And, and just, for, just for sake of time, you know, last week we looked at the scripture where it said that, that, that Joshua told the people, he said, listen, when you see the ark move, you move. Right? And the ark up at that time was always in the center. Where they were marching, the ark was in the center. When they camped, the ark was in the center. At this time, he said, no, I want the ark to move forward. And I want you, when you see that ark, let it get about a thousand yards out. And when you see it, when you see the ark move, what do you do? You move. You rise and go. Because in that scripture, it says this. He said, I'm going to take you someplace you've never been before. And for, so full speed ahead involves this. Moving when God moves. You know, one of the things that I so appreciate about the people that, I've, that I have uh, spoken to my life about faith and about believing God and about, you know, taking those steps that you believe God's taking to step is that they did it according to the Word of God. I, I never heard anybody say, take a step and do this because somebody else did it. I've never heard, you know, I never said, oh, let's just use Creflo Dollar. I've never heard Creflo Dollar say, now, I did this, so you got to do it. I've never heard Kenneth Hagin or Kenneth Cole or anybody, whoever you may enjoy listening to that feeds you. It doesn't matter. I've never heard them say that. I've always said, listen, you move and you do what God tells you to do. I heard one person say one time, you know, I, I, I heard this minister share a story about how God impressed upon him to sell a car. And so I sold, he said, I heard him sell his car and he sold, he sold his car and God blessed him with a brand new car or something. He said, boy, I think I'll try that. So you know the story, right? He sold his car, and he was carless. So we never, we never do things. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? You never do things because somebody else does it. Even in church, sometimes we think every church has got to look the same. And be all God gives different visions and purposes for churches. Amen. And so we need to make sure that we're moving when he, when he says move, what do we do? We get a move. And I love that. Matter of fact, just let, let's... Um, Let's go ahead and read some of these verses in Joshua chapter 3. It says this in verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out for the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. Verse 2. This is Joshua chapter 3, verse 2. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and him, about 2,000 cubits, about 1,000 yards by measure. Do not come near it, 
that you may know the way in which you must go, for you've not passed this way before. A part of moving full speed ahead is what God is letting God lead you. And that's what we're attempting to do, I know, individually, as a family, as a church family. Move forward when God says move. But then there's something else here that I think is important to see. Verse 5, And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Set yourself apart. You know, we talked about this a little bit last week, but I just think it's important. Because it's scriptural, not because I think it's important, but I think the Word of God is very clear on this, is that there's, there's something to you and I declaring. Come on now, our confidence and our faith in God. And there's sometimes there's some things we don't necessarily not, not do things just because we're not supposed to do them. We do things because we don't want to do those things. Something inwardly says, no, that's just not who I am. I am, mm so unsanctified, they, they, and thank God the scripture says this, that in Christ we're sanctified now. In Christ we're sanctified. And it said this one more time. He said to the people, sanctify yourself, set yourself apart, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And that word wonders, it means supernatural things. It means amazing things. It means things that you've never seen before. It means you're going you're gonna to experience some things that you couldn't work out on your own. Isn't that good, guys? Isn't that good just to think as we take this walk of faith, this journey that we take with God every single day? It's not dependent on how smart you are. It's not dependent on, you know, how, 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 how much business sense you may have. It's dependent on your heart being completely devoted. I'm going to follow him. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. Right? And here's what righteousness and all these things will be added to me. So realize, listen, Lord, I'm committing myself. I'm, I'm committing myself. You're going to lead me. I'm, I'm sanctifying myself. Strength and happiness in life comes from following him. Folks, I'll tell you what I found in my life, and I'm sure many of you could testify to this very same thing. I found most liberating, the most freedom in my life. And this has been a number of years ago, even you know, before we even went to Ramah. But I found it so liberating when I completely committed myself to the things of God. Anybody can testify to that. I mean, when you're half in and half out, when it's, you know, once here and there, it's your back and forth, you're back and forth. I tell you, when I decided to go, this is where I'm going. You know what? It was liberating. Didn't mean I didn't have any more challenges. Absolutely not. But it just something happened on the inside that said, Lord, I'm, I'm devoted myself. I'm committed myself to your way. Your plan is a whole lot better than my plan. And I believe that to this day. And I'll continue as a minister of the Word of God to declare that. Now, there's something else we'll look at here briefly. When we move full speed ahead, there's something that just, I think, has to be in place. It's, it, it's really, it's just, there's no grounds for compromise with this. It's not one of those things that we can kind of take or leave. But that is, or it is this, it's obedience. And moving full speed ahead and making that decision that we're going with God no matter what, obedience is absolutely essential. I mean, it just, it, it's just, there's no compromise with that. To live by faith, you have to walk in obedience. Obedience and faith go together. Being led by the Spirit of God 
and obedience. It, go, it all works together. But obedience is so important when we start talking about us following God with all of our heart. Now, in the book of uh, Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 12. If you do not, we'll put it on the overhead for you. You can follow along with us from there. But in Genesis chapter 12, in verse number 1, Scripture says this, and this is from the NIV version. This is from the NIV, so it'll read a little differently. Perhaps if you're looking at a different version, well, it will read differently. But the NIV of Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, it says this. The Lord has said to Abram, and I love this, go from your country. Off the bat. He didn't say ease into it, you know, think about it. Hey, go pray about it. What, 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 he said, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, and uh, uh, from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Verse 2, listen to what verse 2 says. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Then verse 4, I love this. I love these first three words of this verse. What are they, guys? So Abram went. He said, go. He said, leave. Familiar surroundings, leave your country. Told him what he would do as a result of him doing that. And then verse 4 says what? So Abram went. It's one thing to hear the command, isn't it? It's a whole different story when it's time to go, okay, now it's time to go. Now it's time to take that step of faith. Now it's time to, to go full speed ahead. Now listen, now it's time to trust the Lord with all of our heart. And do what, guys? To lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him, recognize Him. And He will do what? He'll direct your steps. He'll order your paths. And so he said, so Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. 75 years old. 70, everybody say 75 years old. Do you ever get too old <laughs> to take those steps of faith? Come on, do you ever get too old to say full speed ahead? Never. We'll have plenty of time to rest when we get to heaven. Amen. Now is the time to follow him wholeheartedly and as Abraham did in obedience. Now, for sake of time, real quickly, in, um, uh, actually, I want, there's, there's a quote I want to read to you here. Um, in Hebrews 11.8, don't turn there, but Hebrews 11.8 says this, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now listen to this. Is, this is a, I thought it was a really neat quote. This is from Warren Wiersbe. said this. We do not understand and then obey. That is instruction. We obey by faith and then we understand. That is illumination. We do, we do not understand. In other words, I've got to understand this before I move. We do not understand and then obey. That's instruction. We obey by faith. Everybody say by faith. We obey by faith 
And then we understand that's illumination. It said this, he went out, what, not knowing where he was going. I remember we started this journey 24 years ago. We knew we were coming to Dothan. We knew that. I tell, beyond that, it was a faith journey. And I'm telling you what, I am so thankful that God's taken us on this faith journey. And even now, you know, it's still a faith journey. It's, it, it will always be a faith journey. For the just don't live by what they see. The just don't live by how they feel. The just live by faith. That's what the Bible says. So he didn't know where, by faith it said he took those steps. He took those steps and he didn't know where he was going, but he took them by faith. Glory to God. I love that. Now, real quickly, Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. For sake of time, we're just going to, I was going to read a lot of this scripture, but we're running a little low on our time this morning. So, but Isaac uh, came to a place where Isaac was born to Abraham and Sarah. They had a child. I mean, they were excited. You can imagine all these years they've waited, and here this child is born. And then the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 22. It said, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. He tested him. Now, let me just say this, that God doesn't test us with sickness and disease and bad things happening. But there are some times in life where you're required. It's a test. It's a test. It's a te- I failed a test. I told you these guys' story, but I failed a test. This has been a number of years ago. I failed a test on a Sunday morning before church at my house. I'm, you know, I, I like to have a, I have a place where I drink coffee quite often every morning and I'm drinking my coffee and I get up and to move uh, and, and to do something else and I leave my coffee cup right there on the edge of the table. I've left it there, I can't tell you how many times. But this morning I get up and I hear this inwardly. I didn't hear a voice, it wasn't like, pick up the coffee cup. But inwardly just said, pick up the cup. And I thought, oh, Leave the cup there. I left the cup there. The kids get up. The girls are young, much younger. And they got up there, and they're sitting down on the couch. They're playing around. They're moving around, and all of a sudden, guess what happens? They hit the coffee cup. And coffee goes, wasn't like much in it, but it, coffee, that was, what was in it just was spilled all over the couch. And I started, and I, oh, I came so close. <laughs> and I know y'all know what I'm fixing to say. I came so close to just going... And I went, and I almost said something. And the Lord said, don't say a word. It's your fault. I said, yes, sir. It wasn't my fault. Yeah, but they knocked the coffee over. But before that, God said, move the coffee. There's something about obeying. And there's tests in life. There's some things that happen in life. And some of the tests are just dry runs. You know, the big scheme of things, it didn't matter. If I move the coffee or not, really did it. I mean, clean up the coffee. But you know what? Please listen to me. There's tests sometimes in life that come. The Lord says, don't stay here a little bit longer. Do this. Make that decision. And later on, it it could be a decision that if not made correctly, could have some consequences that God doesn't want to happen in your life. But so he said he tested him. See what he would do. And so he said, listen, I want you to take your son, your only son, I want you to offer him up, offer him up as a burnt offering, which is to be completely consumed. I want you to offer him up as a burnt offering on a place where I'll tell you. And it says this, uh, just for sake of time, um, 
So verse 3 says this, after he received this from the Lord, it says this in Genesis 22, 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning. So what is he doing now? What's he doing? Guys, help me out. He's what? He's obeying in me. Here, take your son, offer him up. He doesn't have a discussion. He said, Lord, can I pray about this? Can I fast maybe? No, he said, no. He said, he just rose up. In the early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and he began to go to the place where God would show him. Verse um, uh, verse 5 says this, for, for sake of time, let's read this. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And I love this, and we will come back to you. That's a faith statement, isn't it, guys? Everybody say, that's faith. <laughs> that's a faith statement. So he said this, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and two of them went together. Verse 7, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? So evidently, he, Isaac knew about the burnt offering. He said, where's the lamb? Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Oh, I love this. And Abraham said, my son God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. I'll do it. And we don't have time to get into this, but you read over in the book of Hebrews, it says this that Abraham was completely willing to slay his son because in his eyes, if he did it, God was going to raise him back right back up. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 11. So here he takes the knife. He's going to, the, the, you know, to take that knife and you know, place it in his, in, his, in his son to kill him. And the angel says, no, don't do it. Now, don't do it. Stop. Don't do it. Stop. He said, now, listen, let's pick up reading here. It says this. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything for him, this is verse 12. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered up for a burnt offering instead of his son. God provided, didn't he? And Abraham called the name of that place. This is where we get the term Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. I'm telling you what, something happens when you start moving full speed ahead. Obedience is important. We're going to look a little more at that. But also something else you see is provision. Come on now, it's provision. God provides for you. He, he, he took this step. He was willing to slay his son. And God said, no, hold your hand. Nope, nope. I'm providing myself. And there he called. Abraham called it Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. How many people here this morning at some time in your life has seen Jehovah Jireh come through for you? Provide. I mean provide for you. Maybe it was finances. Maybe it was something else that had to do with your family. It didn't make any difference what it is. God provided for you. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. The Lord and the holy amount of God, it'll be seen. There was provision for him. Now let's keep reading and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll start to begin to maybe close with this. <laughs> Blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. Well, I love this 18th verse. This ought to be a verse that we all have underlined, highlighted in our Bibles. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. That's us because we're Abraham's seed. But I love this. Because you have done what? Because you have obeyed his 
voice. He obeyed his voice. And moving full speed ahead, we're following him, we're, we're consecrating ourselves, but you know what else? We're obeying him. Obeying. You know, Jesus said this many times. He said, if you love me, if you what? If you love me, he said, I want you to keep my commands or obey my word, he's saying. He said that on a number of occasions. And so we see here that Abraham responded in obedience to what God said for him to do. And, and, and my admonition and my encouragement to everybody here this morning is this. Let's choose to obey him from our heart, right? Lord, I'm going to, I mean, I understand it. I may not even know why you're having me do this, but I'm going to do it. Just as Jesus, you know, when they were at the wedding of Canaan and Galilee, and Jesus said, or Jesus' mother Mary said, listen, whatever he says, it didn't say question him about it. He didn't say, now, Lord, are you sure? No, he said, whatever he says, what he say? He says, just do it. Just do it. And so they did that. And so obedience is of the utmost importance in going full speed ahead. And doing it with a smile on your face. Come on now, right? A smile on your face. Lord, I'm thankful we can, I can, I'm thankful I have the opportunity to obey what you want me to do. We'll look at this and then we'll close this morning. Philippians chapter 3. Don't look, you can turn it if you like, but I'm reading this from the message translation. I love this verse of scripture. This is the Apostle Paul. If you know anything about Paul's life, Paul faced numerous challenges. I mean, went through things that just absolutely would have, would have taken out most people. When it was all said and done, Paul would say this. This is from the message translation of Philippians chapter 3. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I've made it, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. I love this. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running I'm not turning back. I'm not turning back. We believe you are blessed by this message today, and we encourage you to stay in God's Word. Cornerstone's mission is to be actively involved in the Great Commission by raising up and equipping a body of believers who are empowered with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God for the purpose of impacting those people around them with the love and goodness of God. For more information about Cornerstone Church and other resources that are available to assist you in your spiritual growth, Contact our office at 334-983-1848 or visit us online at ccdothan.org.